I'm Lauren Klaus Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Peter Gill Sheridan, the writer of This Space Between Us, playing at Theater Row. Hi, Peter. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Well, thanks. Glad you're with us. Thank you for being here. And we want to talk about This Space Between Us. Of course, it's an intergenerational comedy about trying to change the world while admitting home could use a little change, too. The play follows one lawyer's plan to leave his lucrative job to help those less fortunate and the rifts created within his friends and family. So, Peter, where did the inspiration for this play come from? Well, I, I read the first draft in 2017, you know, sort of at the start of the, the Trump years. And I was finding that the political differences that I was feeling uh, with my family, who are who are conservative Cubans, um, was uh, was was really sharp, and it was a new level of anger that I felt toward them. <laughs> that I'd always sort of been angry about their politics, but mm. this really uh, this really was sort of beyond the pale. Um, and I was alarmed by it because I was looking at my family and thinking, you know, these are such fun, funny, wonderful people that I love so dearly. How can they? subscribe to this way of thinking. I really didn't mm. understand that. And so I felt this huge gulf uh, between me and them. At the same time, I also was looking at my liberal friends. I mean, I'm a pretty liberal guy, but I was looking at some of my liberal friends and found that the way that we were talking to each other was also kind of making me crazy and making me feel sort of isolated. And so I found I found that I was feeling sort of lonely in these times. Um, and I wanted, so I wanted to write about the political moment, but I did not want to write about Trump at all Mm -hmm. Um, because I thought you know we've had so many conversations about Trump there's nothing that I can say as a playwright that we're not already talking about when it comes to Trump so um, so I created this play Um, I basically formed a character after one after myself one after my husband one after uh, my aunt and uncle who I'm very close with um, uh, one after my best friend and another uh, just threw in a nun for good measure because you know I love a nun in a play so <laughs> so that was sort of how how the play kind of became or came about um, and uh, yeah I've been developing it for four years and here we are oh and here we are you you first wrote the play at theater mine in Colorado and then developed it at the new harmony project in page 73 productions now we're seeing it premiere with the Keen Company. How has the script changed throughout time? Oh, wow. It's changed a lot. Um, initially, the, there are six scenes in the play. Initially, uh, there were only five. The play ended on, um, on, on the fifth scene, which is a long monologue. And the main character exited the play in the middle um, in my first draft. I had initially not intended for him to be the kind of protagonist. It is an ensemble piece, but um, as the play exists now, the main character is, uh, there definitely is sort of a main character or uh, someone who is centered in the piece. That wasn't how it was in the beginning. Um, uh, Also, uh, there were seven characters, now there's six. Uh, Mm -hmm. Two characters merged into one character. That happened during the P73 process. They said to me, Peter, you cannot afford that seven actor. You haven't earned that seven <laughs> actor. So I had to condense and, and it was a really, really good decision. I think it really helped me streamline the play. Um, gosh, it's changed in so many ways. I mean, I want to say that this draft is probably like my 40th draft. Of this play. <laughs> um, the thing that's been so amazing is that all of the folks at, at New Harmony Project and 
P73 and King Company have been so generous with me and so uh, rigorous with me and the work. I think they all really believed in the play and they wanted to push me to make it as sharp as it could be. And I think that we've really reached that place. So it's, it's pretty exciting. It's a cool, it's a cool moment. And this, this, this time with Keen has been incredible. Oh, great. Now, Keen, as a company, the artistic director is Jonathan Silverstein, and he was your director on this production. What was that process like with the two of you bringing it to his theater with your script? Well, of course, he's an absolute tyrant, you know. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had met the director of new work when he was a kind of de facto intern at Playpen in Philadelphia about eight years ago. And I, um, I stayed in very light touch with him. And I had this play and I knew that he was working at Keene. And so I sent it to him and I said, hey, is this something you would ever... Um, think of doing, uh, you know, just sent it over like you do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he really liked it and said, you know, the artistic director, Johnny, is looking for a work to direct in next season. And I think he would really like it. Would you be willing to talk to him about it? And I said, of course, of course, I'd be willing mm-hmm. to talk to him about it. And so we got together in Brooklyn at a coffee shop, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, or uh, I think it was the middle of the pandemic, who knows. <laughs> but, but he and I really hit it off and I loved what he had to say about the play. I felt like we were really on the same page. Johnny, you know, Johnny used to work in Congress when he was a, a young guy as a page. And so he has a real interest in, I think, politics and my play, I wouldn't, I think all plays are political and I think this play is political mm-hmm. too. But um, ultimately I found that not only was he a political person, but he was also a really funny person. And my play, uh, it, it's a comedy. So you need to have a sense of humor to direct it. We definitely have that. So, so that was how I brought it to the theater. And it was extraordinary. It was just sort of like scented and it happened for years and years and years, you know, you sort of wait for productions to come through agents. And I just sent this one directly. and. And that's how it happens. So it's pretty cool. Oh, it really is. And the space between us follows a Cuban-American family. And how has the process of writing it allowed you to reflect on your own Latinx American experience and coming from the, in your words, conservative Cuban family that you come from? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'm biracial. My dad is from Cuba. He came here when he was a kid. Um, about 11 years old, and my mom is, um, is an Irish-American lady, um, and my father, uh, my, my mother and my father split up when I was very young, and so my father moved down to Florida and married another Cuban woman, and my mother married another Cuban man, uh, oh. so, I, I, so I guess she likes Cuban men, and I, and, and I don't blame her, right, 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 who, who can blame? Exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, three of my four parents are Cubans, and but I, you know, I appear to be this very tall white guy. Um, and so I have this identity, but I don't necessarily walk around with it. Um, you, know, you really can't see that I'm, that I'm Cuban or Cuban American. Um, so that plays in a little bit into my play, um, talking about um, Latinx identity from where I sit, which is, I think, maybe a little different. On one hand, I feel excluded from, from the identity sometimes. Like I feel like I don't necessarily fit in because I'm not fully Latinx or you know something like that. And on the other hand, I walk around with a great deal of privilege uh, because I physically appear to be you know, a white dude. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so my play kind of gets into you know the main character's parents are in fact Cuban, uh, 
uh, Cuban man and uh, Irish American woman. And so we see him and his biracial best friend kind of navigating the world. And the question of what they owe the world or what they owe the larger world really uh, meshes with their biracial identities. They sort of, they kind of rub up against each other. They sort of are wondering, you know, are we white? Do we owe it to the world? Are we not white? And if we're not white, do we still owe it to the world to help? Uh, and they're sort of wrestling with those ideas in a play. Mm. Thank you for sharing all of that. Your earlier plays have been presented in Philadelphia, Farmington, Tucson, Minneapolis, just to name a few. How does it feel to be presenting this space between us for a New York audience? Well, it's pretty great. I mean, I, I, um, I had a play up uh, four years ago called the Rafa play, which I produced with a group called The Pool. And that was uh, Susan Burnfield and New George's and the playwright Lynn Rose and I got together and produced one another's work as a collective right. of playwrights in New York. And that was my play, the Rafa play, which was about my imaginary marriage to Rafa and Nadal. Um, and we, we did it at the Flea and it was great. It was a really, really cool experience. But, you know, we had to do all of the heavy lifting. I mean, we raised a ton of money. We had to, you know, get the ice for the bar. We had mm -hmm. to, you know, we had to paint the sets ourselves. We were really doing everything on our own. So being a playwright in the midst of doing that was really difficult. What's been so incredible about this experience is that it's a fully supported production and I'm able to just be the playwright. I've been able to really focus on the work and not focus on the producing, which is, you know, producing is a bear. So I'm so grateful to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, I fight for every seat. You know, I'm always that way. I fight for every audience member in the seat. I know how hard it is sometimes to get people to come to uh, straight plays. And so I, uh, I, I'm used to doing that, but it's been really uh, helpful to me to be able to also not I'll be the only person <laughs> doing that <laughs> and, and, and to have a, a, a company who are bringing in our CCD show with all of their various perspectives and, um, and opinions. It's been really, really fun to watch and see how it's, how it's growing. I mean, there's nothing like, see, you know, playing to an audience of mostly strangers to see how your play works. Um, and that's been, that's been really exciting, uh, especially such sophisticated theater guards. So it's, it's really, really exciting. No doubt. And well, Peter, I thank you for your time and sharing so much of your insight with us today. Thank you, Lauren. I so appreciate your time. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm Lauren Klaus Schneider with Peter Gill Sheridan, writer of This Space Between Us, playing at Theatre Row. Thank you. Thank you.